Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Oh, yeah. Good. Welcome back to The Hit Factor with my dear friend and co-host, Jeff Cawthon. Also joining us is Mr. John Luke Ruban. I still don't remember how to, I don't still remember where all he's from, but uh, they're both from Oklahoma, so that should tell you all you need to know about them. Uh, but we are glad that you guys are here. Um, I don't, we don't actually know, I don't, I forgot what we were talking about tonight, but uh, we talked about last week, uh, the presidential stuff and, and his, you know, he got he got booted because he had his RO credentials pulled. Uh, there's been new information come out today as of this recording to where they uh, we saw emails from Mr. Danny Minter, who is the person who filed the complaint against Yemen. And it, it looked pretty bad because it was basically Danny was not part of uh, part of the issue with Yemen, um, but he was trying to coach and coerce uh, people who had interacted with Yemen to file a complaint against Yemen. And it also s seemed to appear like Troy was actually also encouraging uh, a report against Yemen. Um, so yeah. that kind of, uh, that didn't, it looks a little bit more witch honey at this point, just on what we're seeing that, that there's a little bit more witch kind of a witch hunt, just trying to get, E-Man out for whatever reason they want to get E-Man out yeah. and uh, that appeals yeah. coming up fairly soon interesting well see how that plays out huh yeah I'm sure it it'll be very interesting yeah you know I, I yeah it'll be that'll be fascinating I'm I'm kind of beyond like getting mad about all of it at this point because it's just is what it is uh were you mad uh i mean like just frustrated with the continual ineptitude of leadership of this organization mm. i guess that's a that's just kind of a ongoing frustration but that's okay we don't need to talk about that too much tonight i think people most people that are into that are probably following along and know anything that we know about it and we mostly gave our thoughts and opinions last week, unless John Luke has more he wants to add to that situation. I think we should ask ChatGPT what to do. Oh, geez. <laughs> Jeff's Here Lord and go. Savior. Jeff's <laughs> Lord and Savior, ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do use chat no, GPT. I don't have anything to add. Uh, it's all foobar, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's getting annoying. It's just like you said; it's frustrating. It's, it's like I, to the point where uh, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, the I guess the good thing is I don't remember if it's basically right now within within a couple weeks is uh, the deadline for anybody who is running for the upcoming presidential election to have all their signatures and their application in or form in saying that they intend to they intend to run for president. I don't actually know yet the names of people who are who are running, but I suspect we will we will see that in the next month or so. We should find out who all is looking to run for president for the upcoming election. Well, you and I and there's two other area director spots that are open. I but I don't remember. Is it area two? Maybe I kind of think it's area two uh, and maybe area eight, but I could be, I could be totally wrong on that. Area two is Layton, right? Layton is in area two. Correct. And Ted, Ted, the, so who is the vice president and now de facto president uh, is the area eight 
director. So we should we should know more uh, on the future. You know, it, it, whoever the two new ones that come in, uh, you know, we kind of have Area 3 and Area 7. Well, I don't necessarily agree with everything they've done so far. They don't seem to be quite in the same mold as the rest of the board, which is a, a positive thing. Uh, you know, with this election, if we can kind of flip those two seats, then, then we're really kind of, especially in the president's position. Now you're looking at uh, we actually ha would have could have a majority of votes on the board. Uh, we would have a five to four vote, and so then you might actually start seeing a chance to seeing some positive change. Hopefully, at least just better leadership. Uh, yeah. So that but that's a possibility. Again, again, if if they can just yank people's RO cert and get them yanked from the board. It's hard to imagine us anybody being able to do any good, right? Yes, that that is the frustrating part of this current situation. All right, I'm done with it. Let's talk about something else. Good. Me too. Somebody somebody just posted a a bag of aspartame in the drinks section of the Discord. <laughs> It's only forty bucks. You get a whole bag of straight aspartame. Should last you quite some time. Eight ounces of aspartame. That wouldn't get Jeff through a week. He's gonna. Oh man, I get it's to see the five, lines that he's got created. Five dollars an ounce, man. <laughs> what do you pay for in all your? In the other ways you consume it. You're probably right. That's probably a great deal. 227 grams I actually don't know how much they don't they don't put it though it's usually one of the last ingredients and if you didn't know that on the ingredients list they're in order so like most dominant ingredient is first and then the last ingredient is the least amount so sucralose or aspartame is usually pretty close to the bottom so so when you mainline it you're only using like yeah a, a tenth of a gram I don't know. It's hard to imagine doing anything less than a gram. Straight to the dome. <laughs> Straight to the dome. <laughs> imagine what you could put that in, though. Like, everything. Have you ever tried... Coffee. Have you tried Nick Bear's uh, overnight oats? No, I have not. So part of it is, like, using stevia. Mm -hmm. Instead of stevia, you could use because it, it's it's very granular, uh, mm -hmm. and I feel like I, I assume I've never seen aspartame in its pure form, but I my guess is it's finer than yeah you know, stevia granules. So yeah, I would imagine it's like con confection powder. Right. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it would be better like oats, sugar-free chocolate pudding mix. Mm. Uh, that peanut butter powder. On now we're talking. Oh, bro, have you ever tried that peanut butter powder? Let's oh, yeah. aspartame in there. Stir that up. I've actually only used like stevia with it. I've never used aspartame with it. Yeah, but it would be the, the you'd use less, and you yeah. wouldn't like be chewing on sand. But dude, you get like the low calorie bread. You get the sugar free jelly. You get the peanut butter powder and use stevia. You've got like a whole PB and J that's like yeah, hundred and cal hundred calories. 100 I actually calories. like. I actually really like the consistency of the the sugar free jelly. It's a little bit more watery. It's not as like, and I like that. It's, it's, it's better. Jeremy loves this conversation. He's like, <laughs> I call my own peanuts. And grapes, and I make my <laughs> out in West Texas. You know what? If I had, I grow my I own bread. I grow my bread. <laughs> I grow. My, you know, my wife has started making homemade bread pretty often, and that's pretty. That's, that's how that's it starts. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, look, look. If you guys want to take that cancer powder and snort it up your nose, do whatever you want. Like I say, like you know, do what you want. Like you only live once. You might as well make it a short, quick life. That's fine. Jeff Jeff's gonna be a cyborg, so it's not gonna matter. He's gonna yeah, be exactly half machine. <laughs> oh man. Exactly. 
Your look of disappointment is only confirming that you do believe that that's going to happen. I, it doesn't – yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, I'm surprised that he, Jeff doesn't have chat GP – like chat GPT uh, designing uh, practice sessions for him and training sessions for him. Oh, that's so a good idea. I'll do that right now. That sounds like a good idea because – so I actually – good segue. I, this week I did a deep dive – on chat GPT about uh, entering the flow state specifically in shooting. And it yeah. offered some pretty darn good advice. It, it, it was pretty obvious advice, but sometimes you have to hear it from, you know, AI to understand it. Uh, when, when the answer is tailored to you, uh, it, it makes a lot more sense. Um, but the one that the one, thing that I pulled away from it the most was being mindful and present like while you're at a match and I, I've never never tried to be mindful and present I've, I've either had was having fun and just like goofing off and most of the time I actually do well when I'm I'm just you know happy go lucky mood if I take oh, yeah. it seriously mm-hmm. Um, but, but I never perform the best and finding like you're getting close to that, uh, carefree state, but caring just a little, uh, yeah. is, is a, a sweet spot. Yeah. It's I've never spot. been able to replicate that, but specifically in, I asked for instructions on how to be mindful and, uh, it was pretty insightful. Uh, a lot of times I find that people are reserved about answering those kinds of questions simply because they tend to be a little bit more abstract. Yeah. And well, and everybody is weird and they don't want to let you know how weird they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and we're Jeff like, has no problems with that. We're like, <laughs> super, I mean, we play with guns, uh, and really get into that. That's, that's pretty weird relative to the rest of the world. Wow. Um, so I think right now we should all just tear down that that barrier that we all have, and we should get yeah. really, really deep into this weird, thick, sugar-free jelly of mindfulness and and uh, and openness within the shooting sports. That's a great opener. All right, Jeremy, you start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, open up, <laughs> but you can't be negative. I feel like I feel like we've we've had I feel like we've had this podcast long enough that we've I've shown my weirdness for the most part. No, but on kind of on this topic, this is not at all what we were going to talk about, but we'll get to that. Um, what what do you think that you do think about like while you're on deck, like when you're getting ready for a stage? What do you think about? Uh. Like if I'm on deck on stage and you're mostly a visualization standpoint, uh, yeah. then that's, that's pretty well just trying to, trying to visualize it. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Different question. We know the answer to that question between, <laughs> between the, uh, like, are you ready and stand by like right in there? Like, what are you thinking about? Because, like, you're not stage, you're not thinking about the stage anymore. Uh, usually at that point, so that I'm, whatever my main focus is, whatever I feel like my main focus needs to be for that stage or where I'm at in my shooting at that point, whether that's make sure, like, am I, am I, do I need to be patient on the sights? Do I need to, is it, I need to focus on my trigger. Do I need to focus? I grip the gun hard at coming out of the holster. That's usually like, you know, you're kind of doing a draw or two. I usually limit myself to just one draw, uh, mm-hmm. making sure I remember where all the targets are. Like make sure, like just go one last time, remember where all the targets are. And then it's try to pick out, okay, grip the gun hard or aim hard or, uh, good trigger presses, whatever, whatever that needs to be. That's, that's where my focus is at that point. Right, just kind of depending on how you've been shooting, you'll yeah. like pick one of those things to focus on. Yeah. Yeah, kind of the same. John Luke, how about you? Uh, so I, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast. When 
when the range command, are you ready, comes up, I blank out and normally, uh, or originally I would freak out like I forgot my entire stage plan, but I've actually learned to revel in that blank slate, that, that like no conscious thought. And I'm like, I just say like, just, just trust your gut. I actually, my, my keyword now, I think I told you guys, this is al dente. Uh, what? No, you didn't tell me this. We're, we're tearing down the walls. Okay. We're tearing down the walls tonight. Let's go, we're Carlo. We're weird and, and I'm proud. <laughs> I say al dente, like when I have that state, because when you cook pasta, the goal is to make it al dente, which if you don't know that, what it is, it's, uh, it's a it's slightly undercooking the pasta so that it has a little bit of chew, a little bite to it. Not not like not too much, but it's there's a fine line between overcooked and slightly undercooked, and you want to be slightly undercooked. And that's yep. what I like to think about is I don't want to think of anything really hard. Um, I just kind of want it to be in right in that perfect zone. And it, what, if I think about freaking angel hair pasta that way, uh, which yeah, I feel like I have the best stages when I revel in that idea of, I don't know what's about to happen, but I have rehearsed this and my body does know what it's going to do because it's been rehearsed in my mind prior to the stage. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So that's my weird thing is I say, and sometimes I, 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 if you go through some of my videos, you can actually hear me whisper it. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, if, if I ever get to REO you, like with the clock, I'm going to be whispering. It's not an approved range, oh, yeah. yet, but I'm going to be whispering. Oh, dead, dead. Oh, dead, dead. <laughs> and I'll shoot lights out. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I actually feel good now when I have that feeling of like, screw it like i don't know what's gonna happen because I, i'm not thinking of anything but to be al dente hmm. and it's fun like then i'm shooting and i'm like and then uh, you know it starts to creep in you don't want the conscious thought to creep in but then you start realizing like hey that's working like things are hooking up um mm. yeah, yeah. i try to get back to that's overcooking it right you're thinking about it You've cooked yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I find that if a stage is going really well, by the end of it, it's all I can do to not think about what I'm doing. Right. If it's going really well, like my, my brain wants to start coming in and being like, you're almost done. Don't screw it up. Like, look at you go. Like, you're almost gonna, there. Yeah, this is going to be a home run. Don't screw it up. <laughs> And then you screw up because you're thinking about it. No, I don't screw up. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Al dente. I like it. Yeah. There you go. That's my. That's my own sauce. The that I've conjured up. As I oh, say. is that what Scott told you? He told no. you al dente. That was no. it, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. That one I came <laughs> up on my own. I love cooking, so it was, it was easy, and I love food, so it was easy for me to. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Jeff, what do you think of? Uh, I mean, I'm very similar to you. Uh, I just think about, I don't think about the stage so much, right? Like I run through it one last time and then right before we get started, I think about, okay, I want to explode out of this position. So I'm going to load up this foot. I think like exactly how I'm going to take off. And then beyond that, it's like I'm thinking of either put the sights in the middle of the targets or I'm thinking of hold the gun as tight as possible or I'm thinking, uh, I don't know, I kind of have this idea of how my body should move around a stage in my head, like how it should be quick and then just like freaking stick to the ground. Uh, and so I'll kind of visualize that about myself, like seeing myself move around the stage, just like fast and like sudden, like all of a sudden I'm in position, set up, ready to go. Like there's no settling. So I kind of yeah. imagine myself with 
perfect movement, I guess you would say, just like whoosh, 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 moving crazy, like impossible. Yeah. So I might imagine that. Uh, like a Dragon yeah, Ball usually, Z type thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I know you watch lots of Dragon Ball Z. Um, I didn't actually watch a lot, but familiar with it. Yeah, I've never watched it, but that that would be what I would think of one of those one of those things. Nothing, nothing crazy, but I definitely like John Luke. Like, kind of try to keep my brain out of it. Like, I want to think about one thing, because. And I really only do that because I don't know how to think about nothing. Like if I could think about nothing, like I might prefer that, but you kind of give your, your brain something to think about to distract it. Like go here, go think about this and, and stay out of my stage. Uh, yeah. That's I would love question. to uh, have chat GPT enter, enter my mind during a stage just when the when the timer buzz goes off and like yeah. just a transcription of the thoughts that go through my mind while I'm oh, shooting yeah. the stage. That would be fascinating. Fascinating to see. That would, because I'm sure you have no idea what they are. You know? You like if you read that you'd be like, I have no idea I was thinking all that. Yeah. Just, yeah, just like the range of stuff that I think it would probably cover, I think would be would be pretty interesting. Yeah. And, and maybe that's where Phil Strader's like, maybe he's, he's kind of hit the cheat code. Cause he just audibly says whatever he's thinking while he's shooting. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe that's kind of the cheat code there. We should try that. Just like shoot a stage and you like, you have to say all your thoughts out loud and see what happens. Like you can't really do it, but you could try. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Jeremy, could you do that while not shooting? I feel like Jeff could do it while not shooting, but because he's you such really a he's loose? so simple minded. <laughs> I mean, among other things, but uh, <laughs> but could you could you let loose and let the intrusive thoughts out? I I no, and, and I only ask because I feel like I would have a hard time. Uh, Because simply because they're they're intrusive thoughts. They're not supposed to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that I could like. I don't know that I could block those out. It would just be kind of just. I think it would just be fascinating to to see what what all thoughts like go through your mind. Uh, that would be. It well, would just be fascinating. AI. I don't want AI in my head. I don't want. No, I don't either. Mm. I feel like they're already in my to, head. Too close to Project Blue Beam. Um, yeah. Not about that life. Yep. Okay, okay, so Jeff signed up for Area 4. Yeah. He signed yeah. up to shoot single stack. And somebody yeah. else who had signed up to shoot single stack got yeah. scared and moved to limited optics. I mean, that's a pretty good story. They also just made it a provisional division, so... I'm I'm calling uh, Tim Heron out for Jeff because to yeah. me it just looks like it just looks like he saw Jeff sign up. It's like I don't want to get beat, so <laughs> I better go shoot another division. Well, are okay, you so, sure? So now that that Timmy's not in uh, single stack, I'll, I'll kind of share. Um, so like I kind of had this this uh this idea of how i wanted to approach that match it was like i was gonna treat it like like a really big deal uh -huh. I, I probably still will i just i don't know if i'll shoot single stack i might shoot limited with my single stack i don't know yet um but i think like my was plan the, was to huh I thought that was the ss raid no that's area three which yeah i we thought that's what we were talking about no, we're talking about Area 4. Is there oh, area, four. Okay, okay. My apologies. Um, anyway, I was going to show up to that match, and I wanted to spank Tim by like 10%. That was going to be my goal at that match. So I was going to come in and like shoot angry and, and like 
really, really aggressive. So I don't know if I still will because just, it just won't feel as good. But we'll see. I am still going to shoot it. So If I sign up, will that, will that make you want to shoot angry again? No, not really. I mean, kind of. Kind of. He's already beaten you, Jeremy. It's like... <laughs> He, yeah, he well, got Ozarks. Yeah. I mean, kinda, maybe. I want to show up ready. Like, I want to be ready in June to like really lay down some some good stages. Would it mean less to you if he if you found out he was told by Nighthawk that he got to shoot LO? No, I don't. We're trying to promote this double stack. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care where. I don't care why he's not shooting single stack. I figured that's it. Like they built him a limited optics gun. He's probably gonna shoot it. Makes sense. I still think it's dumb, but makes sense. <laughs> I agree. So okay, so you you're wanting to be like completely tuned up by June. Uh, mm-hmm. So what is how is that? What does that look like? How are you going to get tuned up in six weeks? I mean, to be honest, like, I already feel phenomenal. So um, from here, and all I've done is pretty much standing dry fire and live fire. And starting this week, that'll change. I'll start more moving more into my my plan. I have, like, a Excel sheet on things I want to train each week and kind of a structure that I'll go through. Um, so I'll start implementing that more. I haven't done it yet. It's just been stand and deliver stuff. So I'll start doing that and start moving around and dry fire, doing a lot more. I'll probably use some like cones and yeah, just working more, more drills that have more things in them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, more. I don't know what you want to call that. Why am I so bad with words? Complexity or context. I call it context, but you could call it complexity yeah. or something like that. Yeah, there you go. Just drills. more complex training. And I mean, that is the one thing that's really difficult for me is <clears throat> is carrying good shooting from position to position, right? Mm, yeah. Um, because I can stand and shoot good, not awesome, but good enough. But carrying that good shooting from one position to the next uh, is more difficult. So, yeah, I'll just be focused on that stuff. But I already feel pretty damn good, so I'll just be building on that. Cool. I'll be ready, and I'm shooting a lot, more than I've ever shot twice a week and sometimes on the weekend too. That's like more than me right now. Yeah. Step it up, Jeremy. I know. I'm, I need I'm, to be ready. I'm not on team Jeff anymore. I'm on team Jeremy. I got it. <laughs> but, but I'm also like, I'm naturally drawn to underdogs. So <laughs> mm. Mm. how's that make you feel, Jeremy? That's all right. <laughs> okay with that. Uh, I'm just throwing gas on the fire. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's the biggest thing that's happening right now. So I'm I'm transitioning from basically the warm up phase of the season to the let's make some progress. Uh, let's get tuned in part of the season. So I'm excited to move into that next phase and start getting frustrated with myself because that's what will happen. Go out and train and make mistakes and yell at myself and I'll throw some mags and then I'll do it better. Do you have any, uh, I I guess, besides the normal stuff like draws, reloads, Mm part-time, stuff like that, like do you have any more abstract measurements that you're taking of yourself? Are you going on feeling? Um, you said you were you had an Excel spreadsheet. What are you going to be inputting 
post-practice. Uh, yeah, so I have I have a sheet in my training document that I plan on doing uh, live fire, dry fire and live fire entries for just document what I'm thinking because I usually do have thoughts on training after I'm training. The hard part's remembering to write them down. Um, but I like to, to do that and then review them. Um, what's one thing I'll probably review is uh, Discord entries from last year. So you could just like search my, I could search my own name in the Discord and bring up all of my training entries and kind of read over them and see what I was thinking at the end of last season. <clears throat> so I would do something like that. But uh, yeah, as far as entry, that'll, that'll be the only thing I'll enter is uh, like journal entries and metrics. I'm not really going to track any metrics specifically. I don't plan to. I never have. But I do plan on getting into the timer a lot more this year. Uh, that's something, I don't know if you've heard uh, Craig Tappy talk about that, but that's something he does a lot is, you know, he has sh relatively short practices, 100, 150 rounds, but he spends a lot of time looking at the timer. Shoot, look at the timer. What was the draw? What was each transition? What was the shot? Why? Um, so I haven't done that in a couple years, honestly. Like, I've just been using the timer as a, a go button. But I plan on looking at my timer a lot more this year. And it just helps with becoming familiar with what you're capable of, what you are as a shooter. And it also helps if, like, you're running a, a string, right? And you've got, a, like, a wide transition over here, wide transition and a move. Uh, you'll be able to see, like, oh, yeah, I felt that. I felt that those extra two tenths right there. I remember that. Uh, it just gets you more familiar with with yourself when you really dig into the timer like that. So that's one thing I'll be doing more this year as well. Yeah. Yeah, I do that pretty often if I'm doing any sort of any sort of stage setup with any sort of repeti repetition on any sort of stage or movement drill. So you've uh, always done that? Like you've never stopped doing that? Yeah. So what What do you think like the most helpful part of like really looking at your timer is? Uh, so like you can just look at the final time and you can know, okay, like like say you have a, a drill that you're running that, you're, that has, you know, three or four positions. So let's call it four positions. And, and a reload in there. Uh, and you can shoot it one way. Okay, I shot that pretty well. And you shoot it again. It's like, okay, I shot that pretty well. But then the second one was like a second and a half faster, right? And you, and you, you may not even be able to feel that that difference was there. You're just like, okay, it was just second and a half faster because it was my second run. Okay, what what was actually causing that to be faster? And it can be it can be fascinating where the time gains are usually at. Uh, you know, oftentimes the time gains can't be too much on splits. If there's if there's much movement, yeah. the splits can't make too much. But sometimes you will be surprised because there are, like you you actually do gain a lot. Like if they're if you're talking about partials and you're shooting them mm -hmm. where you're confirming a lot, you know, oh. going from a, a 45 mm -hmm. split to a a 30 or a 35 with you know, you do that two or three times in a, a small drill and you you're talking a decent amount of time but it, it just kind of it shows shows you where where you need to be aggressive to get the times down yeah right? like that yep. that's where it shows you uh which is which is beneficial to be able to see that in the timer and then try to do that you know first time up and sometimes yeah. it shows you that like it shows you that you had a really good a really good run and say so you're you're repeating it several times, and and then you have another really good run. You shot good points, and it's just a half second slower. And it's simply just because you know the it was just a little bit slower, right? Like you you didn't quite draw the gun as well coming out, so you're just a little bit slower there. Or you know like it's not we're just not a hundred percent efficient. 
all the mm-hmm. time. And sometimes yeah. you're just not going to be, you're going to shoot well and somebody else might beat you by a second on a stage. And it doesn't mean that you shot poorly or it doesn't necessarily even mean that they're that much better than you. It's just their stage was just, they just kind of hit it everything a little bit better than you. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that's just, just the way it is. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't know what you're looking at at first when you're digging into a timer. Mm-hmm. Like I think part of it is just kind of building a knowledge base of your numbers. And, uh, and then things will start popping out to you. Just, just look at the timer though, read the numbers, run through the string. I've already found like one weird thing about my shooting from doing that this far, which is standard shoots. And it's that the last target on every string, I slow down on the splits. I'll shoot them slower. That's so whether weird. It, whether it's a close target, far target, uh, like I'll shoot this, this close target first. If I shoot it first, it's, it's bam, 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 bam. You know, and then if I end on that close target, I'll come back to it and go bam, bam. And yeah, so that's something that the, the timer revealed to me. Cause I was like, this close target should be like a 20 split. And it was like a 30 or 40 split on this run. Why? What? I have yeah. a theory on that actually. Because really? like Jeremy, I assume because Jeremy said or thought that was weird. I'm the same way. I usually speed up at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think Jeff watching you shoot, uh, and I, I'm sure this is what you're doing is you're, is you're really focusing in on your spot. And the more you, there is in an array, the farther you get along in an array, your eyes are actually getting more tired. They're fatiguing throughout the array because you're asking so much of it. The problem or not the problem. The thing about you, you is that even though you may not realize it, you're slowing down because of that fatigue, which is the right thing to do. Whereas I'm seeing less as the array goes because it's not moving. My eyes aren't adjusting fast enough to the next target. So I'm pulling the trigger before I really get focused in on a spot because I'm impatient Mm. and it feels so much slower simply because of the, the fatigue that's going on. And I think when I talked earlier about mindfulness that you've kind of embraced and you, you also said this before that, uh, you're very in tune with your body, right? Like spatially. And I think, uh, that also includes your eyesight. So you slow down because literally like if you've ever, when you practice the focal depth change, mm-hmm. that like it, it doesn't make you sweat. Right. But it, it is, <laughs> It, it it makes you tired, right? Like it's you're uh, you're working muscles out. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. in an array, you're asking your eyes to do a lot of work in a small time frame, and that's kind of why I you're so in tune with that that you're able to like slow it down. It it it, it comes out as slowing down, but it's actually you're just being patient with your eye muscles patient with the eyes interesting could be that's my theory that's that's just my theory because i watched i mean i sent you videos this week i noticed there's an array where i engaged five well it was multiple arrays but i engaged five targets and it was like nice and like steady and then all of a sudden i was just like ripping shots and it's because i was asking my eyes to stay at the same pace when they weren't prepared to do that yeah i I know uh, I've been training like explosiveness a lot in my physical training and everything. And I've also tried to train my eyes. Have you all tried to do that? Like try to move your eyes back and forth as fast as you can. It's really freaking hard Yeah. to like go like to this extreme and then that extreme and goes back and forth like 20 times as fast as you can. It's really hard. Yeah. And like I said, you're not sweating, but it's it's you feel fatigued afterwards you're like this is a workout like i'm actually asking my eyes to do a lot 
Yeah. You kind of get lazy because, you know, we shop at grocery stores and stuff. But, you know, you could you could say oh, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, he grows his own bread. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway. well, I just get impatient at the end of a long string. It's like I should be done. I should be out of here by now. So just rip so is it, and is it your brain? Is it your brain being impatient because of it can't see what it needs to see? Or are you just saying like, okay, the cadence is too slow. Like I'm just, I'm just, I've been in this spot for too long. Cause I, I think you're an excellent shooter and it's actually your eyes not focusing because it's, it's harder. It's just naturally harder to do that after the fourth target or after the third target going into the fourth target. Uh, I actually, so you're just like pull a trigger, just, just. Go. I think it's I think it's a little bit different in that like your eyes give your brain so much information that you you don't the whole space time continuum thing right like you what you think is taking a long time like your brain thinks it's taking a long time because your eyes process so much information so quickly that you think I cannot I can't possibly take this long to shoot this. When in actuality, it's, you're not taking any time at all, or not any real time, but your your mind is telling you that because of how much information you get from your eyes, uh, and that's that's something that like I see in practice a lot. Just my last practice session, I I was doing it, and I just had a, a single drill that I basically ran the whole time that had had three or four movements uh, in it, and. I was getting frustrated because it wasn't it, the times were fine as far as that like I was being aggressive but just inconsistent hits not quite getting the hits that I wanted yeah. and like and so then at that point it's just I'm going to finally convince myself just to shoot A's and and just shoot A's like in the rest of it who cares about what the time just just shoot the middle of the brown the middle of brown which people are going to tell me shoot to a spot but center center the sights in the middle of where it needs to go uh i'm tar i'm sight focused anyway so i'm not looking at a spot on the target uh and lo and behold do you, really shoot, do you shoot all sight focus pretty much pretty much all almost all sight focus well you're wrong um, but <laughs> i'm sure there's lots of people that will say that uh but but it the time ended up was as fast the exact same time as my runs right before it like literally right before it they were just really sloppy and it it was it felt slow again it's that space time continuum because you think it's taking a long time but you're processing your eyes and your mind process way more information than you think they can if you'll pay attention so i don't actually think your eyes get that tired in a single array I don't. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, and I, I don't know if if this anomaly that I discovered in training. I don't know if that happens in matches. I really don't know. Um, but I, it happened in practice, so that's all I know. I mean, I have seen you in matches. I wasn't paying attention if it was last target. Or not. I have seen you in matches shoot some close, wide open targets with some pretty dadgum slow splits <laughs> and it's like i i think he can go faster there but you know whatever he's just he's just worried about hitting a's and he's hitting a's so that's fine yeah. and in all honesty there's not a lot of low-hanging fruit at that point if you can shoot a better stage by shooting 25 or 30 splits on seven to ten yard open targets and that allows you to shoot the rest of your stage better then that's yeah. a sacrifice that's worth taking. That's actually something I'm trying to convince myself to do this year is really? not not try to shoot super fast splits on close targets. Splits get chicks though. They do. Like they're cool. I but I don't I don't disagree the with that. Chicks or the splits. Either one. Either one. <laughs> uh, I mean ultimately you're right. I just think that focusing on getting alphas is results-based 
And I, I think what I'm saying is more, uh, developing a process where it's like almost, you don't, all right, we're, we're dipping into the sauce a little bit. <laughs> what? Just a little bit. Hold on. If it's truly process based, you don't even necessarily need a target. If you're really just trying to, cause then, then you end up with, you know, alphas on, if you're going for alphas, you end up with alphas on your target and like, you're like, that's it. I get the alphas and that's the right way. But, but if you take that, the results away and you're just working on what you need to see instead of looking at the timer, looking at the times like, okay, this split was an 18, it was a 20 or 25, whatever. That's still results based. Getting rid of that, and I'm not saying go by feeling, but only you're stripping it down so it's only what you're seeing. Uh, I think that would help more than just saying I need to get alphas. And ultimately what you're doing is that, right? I know that you're not just shooting slower to get the alphas. Ultimately, you're seeing what you need to see, and that leads to alphas. But saying, I just want to shoot alphas, I think is like that last 5% that you're trying to, to grasp. It's, it's, it's 5% wrong, and you just need to focus on uh, like the, the visual acuity, the sights are lined up. I don't even care about the target. In fact, there's no target. Uh, I'm focusing on a piece of grass. Either, no. either you, I think either you misheard me or I didn't do a good job of, of saying what I was saying. I'm, I wasn't saying that I am trying to just shoot alphas. Uh, I was like, that's not necessarily what I'm trying to say. So more so that you can't trust what you feel is fast or slow and you have enough time to aim while you're shooting and that's not going to be slow if that makes sense no, so it's it's not a it's not necessarily a my goal for a match is to just shoot nothing but alphas uh i mean that'd be cool if you could do that and and do shoot like you normally do that'd be great uh, but you can't you're not going to win at this sport without shooting alphas I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I had a thought on that. So while you were talking, I was thinking. You weren't listening. The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so the results, which this is a results-based sport. The results that you get from hitting a target really are acting uh if you you kind of use both is, is what i'm trying to say in my mind in, right. in your results base and your process base because your target is confirmation of of your process based so you do your process based shooting you have what you think was correct in your head like okay i'm pretty sure that was correct i did i did my process this is what i saw then you look at your target and be like Ah, there's the results. Now I have confirmation of my process. So I really think you need both. Like I, you can't, you can't not have a target because then you don't have the results to back up your process. I want 100% agree. I, I I have a box of targets behind me. Like I'm not shooting, doing practices without targets. But I think sometimes, like you said, you need to have the process-based shooting. And then you could have like, it's like your scrimmage at the end of practice, right? That's when you start throwing up targets. Not, or, or I guess you throw up targets. The scrimmage is like after you've dry fired the drill or after you've really been mindful about, you know, what the, how the gun is behaving or how you're behaving. Then you throw up targets and you're like, okay, so everything I just did in my process-based shooting is now confirmed instead of going just straight to because I mean straight to the the actual shooting right hmm. so the let me let me throw out a thing that is uh, 
Like my next practice, my intention was I was I was intending on doing this anyway because my my process wasn't as consistent as I wanted last time. I, I think a way to do what you're talking about a little bit, John Luke, is I'm going to take a bunch of old targets that have a ton of holes in them, like the centers are probably completely shot out and stuff like that, such that I can't score it. I can't score them anymore. And I'm going to put those up on target stands, and I'm going to shoot the whole practice session with targets that I can't score. So I'm not going to score anything. It's simply can I, can I get to where I feel like my grip and my trigger press are consistent. Do that. That's a, yeah, I would, that's a right. So that there's going like completely process based, and the only results that I'm concerned with are the do I feel like my I am being consistent with my process? Uh, yeah, I I think that I think that will be a good thing to do. I don't. I, I think that's a good thing to do. Like the your last practice session before a major, I think that's a good way to do it. Uh, like get any sort of that way you're not you don't go into your a major with any sort of I had a terrible last practice session my results were terrible I was throwing deltas and mics all over the place man forget all that put up some old targets and just just shoot and have a have a session that's just about being comfortable with the gun and being comfortable with your process and mental pictures and do that so I think that's a way to to do that uh, at the same time Jeff is correct I would not want to do that a whole bunch in a row because I need to confirm that my process is right. Because if I if my process feels good, but then I'm not actually ever like hitting anything, then that's a problem. <laughs> Luckily, I have I, I've shot enough that I know what a good process feels like. So mm. I, you know, I know what will what will get good results from me if I can do it. Um, so I'm going to try to eliminate a little bit of the pro of the result part out of my next practice session. Did you say you were going to try that? You're going to try the like shot up targets like that being your last sesh before a match. Yeah. That's kind of my goal for this year is use that. That's interesting. That way I'm not get, cause sometimes you get like, it gets in your head a little bit, right? You, you throw up a, a couple partial targets and you end up just plugging up like, six seven no shoots in a 200 round practice session you're sitting there thinking okay this match is like 300 rounds i shot seven no shoots in 200 rounds so <laughs> oh good i'm gonna go to this match and i'm gonna shoot 10, even, 10 no shoots I, I wouldn't even do those calculations if that were the case well that's not no, like you you don't have to think about that that calculation is a pretty i don't need that's not a calculation i would think about that would just pop into your head right uh no Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> you guys don't you don't think at all about I just shot ten no shoots in practice session. No. What do you, what do you think? I allow myself to shoot no shoots. I, I'm I go into practice this shoot them on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Shoot all the white ones. <laughs> uh, no, like I. Plenty of people have said this before. Give yourself the permission or leeway to make mistakes, so that you can, you're you're learning. You're not if you're constantly restricting yourself. Like I I don't want to think about no shoots at a match. So why would I think about them in practice? I uh, think of, so. I think you're well, keep going. Sorry, I'm not gonna interrupt you. Well, I I think of anything with a no shoot as just a smaller target that I have to focus harder on the spot that I'm trying to shoot. That's it. Like you just need to a little bit more, uh, you need to like, you know, like the camera shutter, you just need to focus in just a little bit more on these specific targets, not because there's white below them or to the side of them or whatever, simply a smaller target. And I, I find that I can split on those targets almost just as fast, maybe a few tenths or maybe a few hundredths slower, but it's not, it's not processing that way. And then when you watch the video, it really doesn't look like it. Like it does not look like I'm shooting at a partial. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with the, you have to give yourself room to, if you want to improve, you have to give yourself room to make mistakes in practice at the same time you can't always be just 
making tons of mistakes in practice all the time and then expect to go to a match and all of a sudden I'm not going to make any mistakes at a match. Ben, ben has talked about this a lot. Like the, He has times where, yeah, he goes in practice and he practices and has a ton of mistakes, but he also has times, especially before a, right before a major or right when you're, when you're leading up to a, a big match like nationals or something like that, the week ahead of time, you're not trying to get better. The, the the improvement yeah. curve is done. You're at a point where all you're trying to do is be comfortable and be as consistent as possible. Because being consistent is what's going to win a match. Not You don't want to be trying to learn something new the practice session before a major match. Yeah. So there's, there's a is point that where you've how, got to... I mean, I didn't think I was saying that. Was, is that what you... You thought I was saying? Was it, well, that was or, what the that was what the conversation was about was the practice session before a major. Okay. I, well, I'm well. Then I apologize. When I I wasn't talking specifically about practices right before major. I'm just saying practices in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Jeremy was saying if he shoots a bunch of no shoots right before a major, that would have an effect on someone's it, like yeah for yeah. sure. Okay, so for myself, like, I'm not terrible in practice, but I do shoot better in matches than I do in practice, and I always have. So if I have a session where I shoot some no-shoots, like, literally the first thing I think is, I shoot better in matches anyway. <laughs> well, so, so that's, that's like a... a... <laughs> Because your results in matches have have been better, you, you inadvertently are like have the confidence. <laughs> Despite uh, reality, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff just lives in La La Land. Like that's all the, that's <laughs> all we're learning. Is that a is that a bad thing? And it's not. I'm not saying be delusional, right? There's a very fine line between being delusional and being super confident. Um. But in a way, you are saying, I know I'll do better because here there's, you know, there's no judgment and, and I'm pushing myself. Therefore, at matches, when I reel it back just a little bit, 5%, 10%, I know I won't. I mean, I know I'm going to do well. Right? You're, I mean, you're, I, don't, I don't know what the right thing is to do, but that's, that's what I do. Well, that's your Oklahoma <laughs> That's what my brain. <laughs> yeah. That's what my brain tells me. Like, yeah, don't worry about it, Jeff. You'll do better in the match. Well, that might be that might be because you were raised that way, or or maybe you just I mean, there's a genetic link to just being like, it's gonna be okay. Like, you're gonna do fine. Me, uh, and I think I'm very like Jeremy and I share this. We probably overthink far too much, and uh, it's a curse. So. I've been and in everything in life I've been trying to show a little bit more grace towards myself oh really not asking myself of so much unattainable goals um, perfection if you will yeah Uh, Yeah. focusing on just just getting better as a shooter as a person do you feel like you're, you're realistic with yourself I think at one point I really wasn't. I was mm. delusional, super delusional. Jeremy, are you delusional? I think I'm actually fairly. I live in a fairly realistic perception of myself. Yeah, I may be delusional in what I think I should be capable of, but I think I have a pretty mm. good perception of what I actually do do. Gotcha. I think it's, I, I think I'm like on the verge, like I'm right there. Like there's just a few more like little tweaks that I need to do and I can really start performing. Um, just being, again, focused on the process, not necessarily the results. Well, not why don't you just do everything better? I know that's easy to say. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what practice is for. You're just trying to do the individual things better. Uh, But when it comes to competition, 
there's another element, right? There's, yeah. there's the psychology behind it. There's other people there. For me, it's like I don't even I don't even like uh, looking at the scores with other people present. Like I, I won CEO on at this last local, and yeah. I'm glad I had to go to lunch with my parents. I'm glad I wasn't there to have lunch with the guys because I don't feel they're all nice. I mean, they you need to they congratulate me. They're all yeah. fantastic people. Um, but what I want to dissect, right, is the times and, and like see how I how much better I did and where I did better, and that in in amongst mixed company doesn't look good. You need to practice reveling in victory and telling people to eat shit. It doesn't come natural to me. It just really doesn't. Um, well, you need to practice, okay? <laughs> Not all of us are, yeah, so natural. I, get I only practice on one person because I know he can take it, uh, Chad Stanton. I always... Yeah, say, eat shit, Chad. I, I always say, uh, I mean, if he wins, he tells me he whooped that ass. If I win, I say the same thing, so... There you go. There That's you the go. only person I really feel comfortable because everyone else is too nice. Oh, they won't be nice after you tell them to eat shit a few times. <laughs> I have to shoot with these people. I them a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll be wrapping it up here pretty quick, but today's episode is brought to you by Shooter's Connection. So Shooter's Connection sponsors a ton of matches within the States. They might Do they sponsor international matches? I don't really know. Probably. Um, but they do sponsor a ton of matches. They support the sport, oftentimes more than our board. So please support Shooters Connection. One-stop shop for all your competitive shooting needs. They pretty much have it all, especially if, like your your daily needs, all the stuff that you got to go back and get. They got. Uh, so check them out. Use the link in the description. Let them know you came from here. Much appreciated. Also in the description is the Patreon for the Discord and social media links, which are not very interesting, but Jeremy's in charge of those. And um, go buy some Ruben's bullets because they're also good. And what I'll be shooting this season. So to kick Jeremy's ass. He can try. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna try. Uh, uh, do we? Now do I'm we have torn. anything else? Who do I support? Team Jeff. Or uh, Team we need our Patreon shout out for John. Oh yeah, yeah. You do that. Uh, the good. Patreon John Headland's Patreon shout out says: If you're looking for a rifle only match, look no further. Come to <laughs> Fernan Rod and Gun Club in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, on the fourth of June in 2023 and shoot the American match hosted by East County guns. The America match is a two day nine stage rifle match only celebrating America, freedom, bald Eagles and explosions wow. is time plus and you'll shoot out to 400 yards. Uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is like really cool. They have a really awesome golf course there in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, it's a really cool part of the country. If, if you wanted to travel to shoot a rifle match somewhere, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in June should be pretty awesome. I don't know that I've ever been to Idaho. really cool state. I would happily move to Idaho. It's where it's where my girlfriend's from. It's it's uh, mm. where I want to retire. What's Idaho known for? Potatoes. Taters. Taters. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Uh, it's it's just a Shout it's a really cool the, state. Shout out to Simplot. The manufacturer, manufacturer of McDonald's fries. <laughs> there you go. Is that where they come from, Idaho? Their potatoes, yeah. A large yeah, amount of your potato products in this country come from Idaho. Fun fact. Like, fun fact. Idaho people of residents of Idaho don't get the best potatoes. They export the best potatoes. So if you go to Idaho and you go to their supermarket, you don't get the best potatoes 
That's shitty. They send out the best stuff. Well, I mean, it's pretty selfless. I mean, just, all right. Is this like all types of potatoes or like just the big brown ones? I, <laughs> I'm guessing it's the big brown ones. <laughs> just curious. Hmm. All right. Standard. Your standard baked potato variety. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we some have Yukon Golds. I don't know. Yeah, we have those those big behemoth uh, potatoes at our Christmas party every year here at work. All right. Cool. Well, <laughs> John Luke, thanks for coming on. Thanks and for uh, if you guys have any questions, send them to us, and uh, we will see you guys at a match or the next podcast. Yeah.